Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 28. What's up, Neil? Dude, 28. We're getting old. Yeah, 28 <laughs> episodes in. It's pretty awesome. Doing hey, all right? Yeah, man. Doing good. How are you? Good. I'm going to let you introduce our guest tonight. All right, so tonight we Special have night for you. Pretty special night, man. It's pretty awesome to have my buddy Chris Floyd in here from Voodoo Symphony back in the day. <laughs> What's up, Chris? How you doing, brother? I am great. This is exciting, man. This really is. It's We've talked about doing this for a couple of weeks, or maybe even... I don't know, through this whole COVID thing, we might have started talking about it three or four months ago. But Yeah, I, I remember uh, Neil talking about, I think you guys, after several years, I think it was back in April, you all did a Zoom or something, the yeah, whole, the whole band. Great. Yeah, it, it was, was insane. Awesome. Almost everybody, we'd, uh, you know, we were missing a couple members, but um, yeah. it was crazy. And, and, you know, honestly, that probably all was facilitated through saying, hey, we should have Voodoo on because yep. of V, because of toys. I yeah. mean, it all happened because of the podcast oh, that we even cool. uh, kind of reconnected. So it's awesome. He's yet to be on. Well, and, 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 yeah. and that, the, the thing about it was we had set up, it was like the first or second week of April for us to do a live podcast here with V and Steve and Chris and me. And uh, that is when all this hit so that's why we ended up doing the zoom everyone uh, was going to come to the studio yeah everybody right. we were going to we were going to come we were going to sit uh chris and v were going to come from lexington uh in that area and then uh steve is here so it'd be a pretty easy trip for him but she we could still get him in anytime that'd be cool all that kind of happened through the pandemic and through this podcast and through actually setting something up to do that so yeah, man, pretty pretty insane, really. Have you guys looked at your Instagram in the last ten minutes? No. Oh uh, yeah, I did see that. That was fun. <laughs> oh yeah, the MySpace, MySpace thing. Oh yeah. So I, I just did. thought, well, I wonder what'll happen if I do a Voodoo Symphony <laughs> Google search, and the four, fourth up was MySpace. I thought, let me click on that. I didn't even know MySpace is it still would open to a page. Yeah. 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 JT, JT bought it, man. <laughs> Justin Timberlake bought it a few years ago. I guess he's. Did know. he really? Yeah. And there was even an ad on it. Why not? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So do people use MySpace? I'm going back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to it. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Let's bring back MySpace. <laughs> if JT can't bring it back, nobody can, man. Damn right on that. Well, what's uh, what's the Dane um, Cook? Dane Cook. The, he, that's how he got so famous was he was one of the first comedians to be accessible and talk to his fans through myspace and he talked to everyone that, that everybody commented or sent him something regardless until i mean it was crazy he i've heard yeah. him talk about that and it's insane yeah. what he did to, yeah. he deserved yeah. all the all that success if you he do did. all that work for sure well, i don't know why he got so much hate from other comedians because he, he's pretty pretty funny pretty funny Chris, before we get into yeah. Lexington, Kentucky, and UK, yeah. and Voodoo Symphony, why don't you yeah, just man. tell us a little bit about yourself individually, like your early life before you got no, there with music? No, 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 no. We huh? got to get this bourbon started, man. Hey, man. Oh, I'm on. What are you drinking? What do you? I know what you're drinking, but tell tell uh, Brad what you're drinking tonight. I am drinking some Basil Hayden's. Basil. Oh man! So you got us beat. I could tell just by looking at this bottle Neil's holding. It's bad. <laughs> So, I, I I got some cheap what do you cheap got? cheap bourbon today, because who it, cares? Because it's just Heaven Hill, but it is actually six year age six years. 
But then I got All to right. looking at it, and it doesn't say age. It just says six years old. So they might have bottled this after about a year and then just put it on the <laughs> shelf for five years so they could claim that it's six years old. So we're going to find out one way or the other. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> hold on. It doesn't even say age. Six, it just six says, years. It just says six years old. <laughs> it's kind of cryptic. <laughs> have, you si- <laughs> have you sipped it yet? No, I haven't. Oh. Oh, I wanted to wait. This might be Here's what's fire. funny. This might be the Heaven Hills on Fire bourbon. <laughs> We're in way separate counties, but I can taste it. Heaven Hills, six years old. That's not bad. No, it's not. That is not bad. Not bad. No, huh? Dude, that's pretty. Now, what do you? Smooth. What do you? Is it just? Is it just the bourbon on some some rocks, or you got a little? You got to mix. No, we're neat, water? man. We just neat. we're just drinking it. Yeah. I do. I just do a splash of water. I like uh, ice, but Brad doesn't bring it up here anymore, and I'm not mm-hmm. walking through his house with the COVID <laughs> restrictions. So uh, <laughs> I've been learning how to drink it neat. Now, if I get something that's really not like uh, I get Benchmark, which I found out is uh, distilled and, and bottled. Buffalo Trace. I read it anyways. Buffalo Trace. Yeah. But it's only $10. Yeah, it's, it's not bad at all. And it's really good. So if I want to mix it with like uh, like a ginger ale or something, just a something besides water, I'll, I'll do Benchmark. But if I want to just do neat or, you know, a little water, you got to get something. A little better. So what? At least Buffalo Trace itself. Buffalo Trace, man. What does bottle cost you, Neil? I don't remember. Twelve. Si- about sixteen. Sixteen. But it, you know, I'm in Fairdale, yeah. so it's probably a little bit more expensive. You get anything under twenty bucks that doesn't just tear your guts up. All right. It's not bad. That's not, man. That's not bad at all. If it's that price, and y'all, y'all both took a sip and neat. And I mean, I can still feel it. Excited. <laughs> It's, it, you still feel yeah, it. It, 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 stays, it stays in your belly for a little it while. Lingers. <laughs> it lingers. So, I mean, that might be what, why it's the you know, $12 to $14 bottle. Yeah. Well, it's six years old. I just thought, man, there's no way that's any good. It's a, it's a, it says six year on it. And I haven't seen, we talked about this a bit. You, nothing is, has its age anymore. Even old stuff that's aged doesn't have the age on it anymore right. because they're like, it's too profitable to turn it over quicker. So I was like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna see. That makes sense. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Of course, have we ever had one, though, that we were like, eh, no. this is bad? <laughs> well, hey, I have a great question for you, Brad and, and Neil. Have you ever had one really expensive that you go, you know what? Absolutely. Yeah. I tell you. your money on that one. Pappy Van Winkle. Yeah. Thank I've, you. That's I've, where I was going. Yeah, I've tasted it and went like, eh. I mean, come on. Eh, Give me any Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Thank you. My cousin waited in line for I don't know how long, got a, I don't know, 12 year or 14 year or something. It was over a hundred bucks. And, and he was like, I don't want to open it, but we got to, and we took a drink and I, I turned my head and I said, damn, I don't want to hurt your feelings, man, but that ain't that good. (laughs) I mean, it's it's good, but it's not like it's good. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you're, you're bourbon to be, drinker, no bourbon's really bad unless it's just rock gut. But it's just not worth what it. What do they What do they sell it for? And you know, restaurants oh, like forty dollars a shot or something. Yeah, it's just insane, if not more. And yeah, and you could look yeah, at the fifty something. You look at the resale market, or that's not the right word, but whatever you know when people turn around and resell. oh no yeah the resale crazy. like if yeah, you bought yeah. if you went to the store when they got them in stock and then you put it online and resold it yeah you get a, you get a lot more than what you paid for it oh yeah but it's uh so yeah that's interesting man there's a lot because you know blanton's is good blanton's is what 50 something of, of yeah mm-hmm. 
Eagle Rare comes oh, yeah. from Buffalo Trace. Yeah. And this is this will tie us into music, Neil, but I have a great story about Eagle Rare. If Let's you hear it. Uh, you're you're familiar with uh Chris Thiele. Oh yeah. Punch, Punch Brothers, Brothers and yeah. uh Nickel Creek. Yeah. Not Nickel Nickelback, Creek, yeah. Nickel Creek. Not Nickelback. Nickel Creek. <laughs> Chris Thiele's a genius. Genius. So I was a photographer at Center College. I, I think it was like 11 years or something. And I got to photograph a lot of great concerts. And Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton and uh, Al Green. And and I got the, Huey Lewis even. And I got to do all these different meet and greets with them, uh, with the fans. And and you were doing photography? Yeah. For, for Well, I still do it for fun. But I did it as a profession for about 14 years. So I was, Punch Brothers were, were there uh, at the venue that I was working. And I'm a huge fan. And I have been since day one. But I'm, I'm just not that guy. My, my job was to be a consummate professional and do my job and not be annoying. Take the photos they wanted. Take the photos that the institution wanted. Get my job done and get out. But it was the Punch Brothers. <laughs> So I photographed, they gave me, uh, I think they gave me four songs. A lot of, uh, like Dolly and Willie, Al Green, a lot of them give you only two or three songs and you have to put the camera away. And uh, you can stay, but you have to put the camera up. And they have management that makes sure that you do. Punch Brothers gave me like four or five songs. And um, they were so nice. And Chris Thiele was extremely nice. And so... The evening was ending, and I went up to uh, to Chris, and we were chatting, and he said, did you get the pictures you needed? And I said, oh, for sure. And I said, man, I, I have to be honest. Man, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I just didn't want to say it. I didn't want to be that guy. No, you should have said something. So, long story short, he was like, come back to the dressing room with us. So I go back to the dressing room. And we started watching the World Series, and he was a big San Francisco uh, Giants fan, and they were in the World Series. And so we started watching that, and they brought in this metal traveling case. And he goes, do you like bourbon? And I went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they opened it up, and they had, a bo- they had a bottle of Eagle Rare that fit into this foam that had the bottle fit into the it had been cut to fit a bottle of eagle rare in seven shot glasses (laughs) (laughs) so we all took two shots of eagle rare and uh watched the world series and i sat there with the punch brothers for about an hour and a half and and got a nice little bourbon buzz with the punch brothers man that 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 was one of my favorite nights of all time so that was bourbon and music both that was probably the antique series, Eagle Rare, too. Oh, I bet it was good. It was. I know this for a fact. I can't remember exactly what it is on the shelf. If, if you guys can recall, help me out here. Uh, I can look it up. But Eagle Rare on the shelf is about, what, four, 50? 40 to 50. 40, yeah. 40 yeah, to 50. Yeah. The guy came in and said he had to go get another bottle the night before. And he said it was seventy something. So it was it. it yeah, it was something. Yeah, probably that. They, the they, they put that yeah. antique series, and I think Eagle Rare's one and Stag, and yeah, might only be released once a year. Maybe well, I bet they get it. Yeah, but the fact that it was in a traveling case, 
it it looked like something Neil that you and I would 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 put uh, you know like a pedal board in. <laughs> I want to make one of those. We, yeah. we, we, we need a it travel was, case. Neil. I agree. <laughs> it was fantastic. It really was. But man, all those guys are super nice. They were so humble and and um, they're just people. And that was something. Not to get off on a whole other thing about photography, but that was something I learned really quick. Was those those stars and those people that 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 perform, you know, and ha- legends. They just want to be talked to and treated like a normal person. Yeah. The more you just can't act normal around them, the more the more awkward you make it. You can't do a good job, and they they want you to feel normal. They want you to be comfortable because they're just people. Hmm. But I'll tell you, Al Green. I'll never forget. He was throwing roses out to ladies. I'm like, aren't you a reverend? <laughs> the reverend of love. <laughs> I mean, like, how many people are you trying to get back on that bus? Come on, man. <laughs> hey, the and I'll tell like, you this one. He can't help when, it. When, songs when, like that, man. What are you going to do? When Huey Lewis was there, I was like, I got to meet Huey, man. I've been listening to him since Back to the Future, right? Neil, we grew up on that. Brad's probably around the same age. So we were, we were side stage, and he turned a corner, and I was like, oh, I'll go back to the green room and, and just introduce myself and tell him I'll be taking the picture for the night. He took a hard left, and I was like, ah, I think he went to the restroom. So I went into the restroom to, use a re- to, to do number one, just in case. Sure enough, he was in... Doing number two. So Huey Lewis <laughs> dropped a bunch of air biscuits next to me. And I left. And I was like, that's all, that's more than I need to know about Huey Lewis. It was like Huey Lewis in the business. <laughs> yes, Huey Lewis in the biscuits. The air biscuits. <laughs> so that was a fun job, man. I got to meet a lot of great musicians and big people. But uh, they're just people. Like, you you know, you and I. That's That's all they are. They go number two. Were you doing still shots or videos or both? Or I only could do still with uh, David Copperfield came, and I got three minutes. That's all I could get. And the actual, the tour manager stood beside me with a stop. Like with when three minutes hit, she's it was like camera off. It was David Copperfield, man. He can't let you reveal his <laughs> magic. You get more than three minutes, you'll know all his tricks. You might get I'm a picture when right that now. elephant's walking off the stage. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that David Copperfield's hair is more magical than any trick he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> that man did not look normal. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm serious. We did, I did about 30 pictures, just rapid fire. And then he did, and then I did about a 20 second video. So, and, and there were some other bands that weren't so big that let me do video because it helped them. I, I would give them copies and they would use them later on down the road for social media and stuff. So, but anyways, <laughs> I got burnt out and stopped doing that. So you did that for 14 years? Yeah, 14 years. Dang, man. Was that a grind or did you, did you love it? Total uh, grind. The, no, I loved it, but it was a total grind. I never had weekends. I never had evenings mm-hmm. off. I was working. Those concerts were always at night. Just yeah, did so many freelance things. I would do por- environmental portraits, and those were all on weekends. And it was just I didn't have – I wouldn't get to spend the time I wanted with my child, who, who at that time was very young. And, and uh, so, yeah, it was a grind. I mean, I loved it. I still love doing it on my phone just for fun. But uh, but as a professional, I got burned out pretty quick. Yeah, it was a pretty good uh, photo you took of the, the uh, tonight's 
podcast. Yeah, man. I just set that up on the deck and was like. It's like, that's beautiful. Basil Hayden's and a tailor. I'll show it so to you. So you're outside, huh? No. No, he's a photographer. Right now I'm in the bedroom. Make it look good. There you go. You got it, man. You got to put a little thought into it. <laughs> oh, okay. He's just so sta- you, staging. Yeah, I'm yeah, a little staging. staging. So, yeah. so you guys live, live just down the street from each other. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> now, Brad, do you have the view that Neil has over Louisville? Oh, no, no. Neil's got, Damn. like, one of the best views in Louisville. It Amen. It is awesome, man. Fourth yeah, of I, July, I watched your videos. I was like, wow. Fourth of July is the spot, man. It's, it's the oh. best. So there's, like, two, maybe three people up here that have a view something like that. I've got a view in the winter when the leaves are off the trees. Nice. And then there's some views like that on Hostclaw Hill out here in the Jefferson Memorial Forest, but uh, they're they're the best views in Louisville, hands down. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. That's not, so how far? Let's see. Are you east of the city? Like south of the city? If I'm, you know, southwest. South. Southwest. Okay. Yep, southwest. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. That's all. We, look, that is all we can tell you. All right, that's enough about our location. We can't have people know where we're at. That's all I need this to know. The, we got to invite people. I will I tell people. I, I tell I'll people all the time the Jefferson Memorial Forest is like the best kept secret around. I know. Yeah. Stop but since talking you gave about me that information. Stop now, talking all I about do is it. Google Map. I can well, do Google Map and find you. You'll find my house. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, back to the. Go ahead, Neil. I'm going to go back a little bit. Let's do it. If you had a traveling bourbon case that was right. that the foam was out shaped in the bottle that you, what would be your bottle? What 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 bourbon would you choose? Hmm. I think I think I think I'm I'm just gonna go Buffalo Trace. Straight Buffalo. I know Trace. it could go way more I, look, expensive, man, but it doesn't matter. You definitely don't need a travel foam case with that. No. So you're saying, <laughs> you know, just and I know bad. what you're saying. Very, that's a very good point. So you're saying mm. it's got to be a bottle that's worth. It's got to be a decent, at least it's in fifty dollar bottle. Got to be yeah, because it's got to be your, it's got to be your go to. Right. But you obviously have a little bit of money. I'm gonna right. invest in about ten foam inserts. <laughs> Brad, do you got one? What's yours? Then you just do it all kinds of different bottles. Then I could change. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. yours, Brad? You got one? Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm trying to think like that's the, tough. The, yeah, the bourbons I bring to the house more than others, and it has more to do just because you can go to the liquor store and get it when you want it. Mm-hmm. It's probably Elijah Craig. I was going to say Elijah. That's, Craig. that's a good one. We, we yeah. had that, it, we had a little bit of that last night. I went home. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you, uh, I tell you, a bourbon you don't hear a lot about that's pretty good. And is always available is Old Granddad One Fourteen. I almost got that oh, today. Oh yeah, yeah. I know that one that for sure. Yet? Yeah, yeah. We've had I it. I thought on, we did. Yeah, we've had it on the podcast. That's why I didn't buy it. I tell you what, man. I got to be honest. I don't go much more than forty a bottle. So, if, gosh, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. Well, that's a good question. It, I can just well then pick up pick up Old Granddad One Fourteen next time you're at the liquor store, Chris. Hey. I think it's thirty thirty two bucks. I think Old Granddad. Is, yeah. One one fourteen. Don't get the don't get the regular don't get old, old granddad. So you're saying that the bourbon tastes as bad as he smelled? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the difference between 
old or granddad 114 and just the regular granddad or old granddad or whatever is like the difference between old forester 100 proof and old forester 86 no it's well, way worse than that I, I, well, <laughs> so, yeah because old, old forester 86, 86 is not bad 80 man old forester for the money is the bourbon the yeah that's been man that's is, been one of my go-to's here here lately is uh the 100 old the forester. 100 isn't that great yeah, yeah, really. The, is. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo Trace is my favorite, but the Old Forester. Neil, you you saw that I had posted something about that a few weeks ago. Old Forester, I I came across that like a month and a half ago, and I was pleasantly surprised. Old yeah, Forester, man, that's a good one. Poor man's uh, Woodford's what I always called yeah. the '86. I grew up in Woodford County, and I remember it's it's pretty cool. I remember fishing uh, on the creek with Dad, where Woodford is now, and it wasn't. I mean. It might have been there, but there was nothing happening. And I don't know exactly when Woodford bought that property or revamped the, the product. But at the time, you could, you could go fishing and walk that creek, and now you can't, you can't get through the gate unless you've got like, some kind of scheduled ticket tour. Protected water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That water's worth a lot of money now. Yes. <laughs> a lot of money. A lot of have money. Have you guys noticed in the last... I'm going to... This is my observation is in the last, I'm going to say three to five years, I've seen Woodford Reserve in so many movies. Huh. When they're having bourbon, it's Woodford. It used to be, if you think about this, it used to be Maker's Mark. Yeah. Maker's was always the bourbon that someone would pull off, you know, in the movie, the bartender would pull off Maker's, you know, because it had the cool wax top and all that. Mm. Here lately, man, the last three years or so, it's Woodford. I bet it's because they paid for that. Whoever pays, yeah. <laughs> of course they pay for that, yeah. <laughs> but it's paying off because I'll tell you this, a good friend of mine uh, just lives down the street. They get 3,000 tours a month. Oh, wow. 3,000 wow. tours a month, man. That's the Derby bourbon, right? It yeah. is. Mint yeah. julep. Yeah. Yeah, That's they did shit. a mint julep version. Yeah, dude, they, they, they're, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. Oh, they pay oh, for it. I mean, hey, man, marketing, it works. You know, they, you put it in movies. Although it's kind of weird. They're not making movies right now with this whole COVID thing. So here's something interesting. How many animated films and shows are going to come out in the next six months to a year? Hmm. Because actors can't. Between, you know, between that and homemade porn, the market's going to be flooded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then somebody's going to combine it, and it's going to be anime. <laughs> i just i get this sin and i love animated like i love f is for family i think that's one of the greatest shows ever bill done. burr man yeah man bill burr <laughs> f is for family is amazing but i think they're gonna i think there's gonna be a lot of animated movies because people you know a lot of studios have shut down they can't do these projects you know what though there are so many movies oh, they yeah. still have so many in the can that, have, that they could probably release movies for the next two years and not be affected one bit you know, You're and right. The Rock's probably got 47 movies done that we don't know about. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so true. He's awesome. The he Rock's is awesome. awesome. I he love The awesome. Rock. Everybody loves The Rock. How can you not like The There's Rock? There's nobody that dislikes The Rock. I mean, he does it all. He always saves the world. Always. Oh, I, always. I was watching Baywatch on the way here. I thought, man, <laughs> well, not on the way here. That'd be weird. But uh, when I was eating dinner, I was like, dude, The Rock. So who? how many people are there like that? Like, everybody loves The Rock. Who, Mark Wahlberg. He's made a lot. Mark Wahlberg has made a lot of great movies, man. The shooter, I, I watch every time, all the way through. Once, amazing. Yeah. And then what? Hey, uh, the other guys. 
with Will Ferrell. The other guys, yeah. Uh, Daddy's home. Daddy's home. <laughs> like he's not typecast. He he does no. these versatile roles. You'd think he'd be typecast, but he's and really he is not. still Marky Mark. And he's still. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Courtney was trying to tell me the name of the movie, and I went, "I don't know it." And she goes, "You know, Marky Mark's in it." And I went, "You mean Mark Wahlberg?" <laughs> That's how a lot of people remember him, you know. <laughs> Well, but he's a great, he's a great actor. He's done well, man. Him, yeah, awesome. him and The Rock. Whoever thought uh, when he was uh, Donnie Wahlberg's little brother that he was going to do better than New Kids on the Block? <laughs> I wouldn't have. I, would I can tell you right Marky now, when it was Marky Mark. I would have never thought that when I was in my 40s, I'd be sitting back in bed watching a movie with him and it going, he's pretty damn good. He's awesome. Right, <laughs> he's good, man. He's good. I and I hear he's like extremely kind and fun to work with, which is refreshing. Yeah. But man, he wakes up at like two thirty AM to do push ups and stuff and is in bed by like four PM. Yeah, he's he's a got freak. a weird schedule. Yeah. It's it's insane. And yeah. the you know, the rock's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I'll wake up at two thirty AM, I use the restroom and then I usually <laughs> take about three toms, get that bourbon <laughs> heartburn out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> totally different totally. then try to go back to sleep uh, yeah <laughs> try to go back to sleep yeah but you know uh, yeah man that yeah mark marky mark, what is it mark Warburg, he's great he really is uh, do you guys you have a even... series right now that you're watching that like like what's a series on netflix that you would you're just like i this we're is the watching one. we're watching the 100 right now what's that i haven't seen that it's like a sci-fi space uh Futuristic, how? Uh, oh, what's the big? I'm, yeah, I'm drawing like, a blank on the on the so big uh, series. Everybody just the big dragon series. Everybody just watch. Oh, oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah Game like, of a, Thrones. Si like yeah. a like a like a sci-fi futuristic Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Oh. What the heck? Get the hell out of here! <laughs> that's probably that's probably the worst description of the hundred ever. Some reviewers probably hey, think, you know what, what, what the hell is he the, watching? Hey, Brad, at the end of the day, we got there, man. Your roadmap was a little crooked, but we got there. What? It's called the one hundred. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, the one hundred. That's good. Have you guys ever watched Longmire? No. Oh well, this podcast is, is over. <laughs> you know what the problem is, it's man? Amazing, man. Well, here's here's the problem, Chris. There's too many shows. There's too there, many. There things. are. You're right. And there's, the algorithm has to send you based on what you yes. watch to get to see them. For whatever reason, it just popped yeah. up on my home screen one day. There's fifty two episodes. Oh my god. So, Speaking of that, how, how how are all these algorithms just messing this world up? I mean, oh. you're never you're never exposed to anything new. Or, or Everybody's or exposed the, to the same stuff over and over by what you've looked at previously. Or that Look. may change. That's a differing opinion than you. Differing opinion that may change your mind. Yeah. If you think this way, you're going to see everything that thinks this that's way, it. and you're going to think everybody that's thinks true. that way. That's very true. And, yeah. and see, that makes me wonder. I don't know what I, uh, I like. I'm a big tombstone. Like this one, my favorite the movie. Movies. That's yeah. the bad dude. It's, I'm your huckleberry. That's a fucking right now. Yeah, I mean it, that movie. I we could we could do eight podcasts on that movie, but that. So I think I watched that, and then Longmire came on my uh, out on my homepage. It's uh, about a sheriff in Wyoming, and it's 52 episodes. Man, it's like they did five seasons. What happened was they did I think two seasons with uh, A and E, and then Netflix bought it and did the last three. It was so addictive. I, I think I, I did a season a weekend. <laughs> Five weekends, I was done and depressed. 
<laughs> wishing you had more long wired watch. Oh man, it was awesome. It was one of those. In the last episode, I was like, "Well, I don't know what to do with my life now." But yeah, we yeah. did that. Uh, we did that with Dexter. Yeah, I've heard watched. so many great things about that. And I just haven't got started on it's, it, but I've heard it's, it's amazing. It really is good. It kind of it doesn't really jump the shark, but it, there's, you know, man, when you have eight seasons of something. After about four, you can go. Damn, eight this seasons? could end. Yeah, you can go. This this can end any time. You can wrap it up. <laughs> That's like well, the one hundreds getting ready to release their final season, number nine. Number nine. Number yeah. nine. Number nine. Gosh, it's a long. That's a, man. That's impressive. That's a run. That's seasons. a run. <laughs> what about Black Mirror, man? Wow, that's oh, crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. some heavy. All that stuff's crazy. That's so that heavy. dude. So that dude has some episodes now that he's refusing to release. Have Black you all Mirror? heard that? Yeah. Why? Wow, because they're too realistic. They're, yeah, they're too close. Are yeah. you serious? I was joking. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. He said it'll. You know. It'll freak he's, everybody he's, yeah, out. He's not. He's not gonna. He must be some kind of prophet because all you know, all of them's pretty daggone close. Oh, really? they're all, like, <laughs> all of them can happen. All of them could happen. You know, the ones with the robotic dogs with the guns. That's mm-hmm. the one that was like, yeah, this is crazy. But he's got episodes that he won't release because he feels like they're too close to home. But do you know the the that there are bio biometric some type of dog that the government has created that that yeah, fuel, the fuel a, is biomatter. It's they eat okay. The, hold on, they say that one more time. It, the fuel is biomatter. They would eat the dead soldiers or whatever, and it's supposedly, Holy. and that that's what fuels their. And it's mechanical. That's what I'm hearing. What it has a digest. I don't know, man. I think <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's shitting out hydraulics. But here's what I don't crazy. know, man. I, I think listen it's too the much uh, stupid cat, stuff, Bo- obviously. Uh, Boston, uh, what's the call? Dynamics. Boston Dynamics, man. They're making robots that are on four legs that can like. All those videos are freaking. Well, the two-legged ones that can do backflips and stuff. Oh, yeah. what is that? They're, they could be on American Ninja Warrior, man. Yeah. See, Some of them are amazing. The people in that are getting grants and they're getting paid well to make those, but in the back of their head, they go home and lay in bed with their wife and go, I'm fucking up. <laughs> yeah, like this is the this <laughs> is not going to turn out good. I need to stop. <laughs> yeah. okay. hey, here's the thing. So you said that we can... Since, all right, we're going to go one... Two, three. I gotta go get a refill on bourbon. All right, go get it. So what do I do? Just leave <laughs> go, it running. Yeah, go get it. Yeah, yeah leave go it running. All leave right, here running. we go. I'll be right back. All right. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash top hill recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. All right, man. So uh, welcome back with your bourbon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so take us back All right, to where see. you originally got in to music. Because when I met you, you were already playing. You were, all right, But I, even now, don't know the backstory of, of what it was about it that got you into and drawn into music and it's going to be cliche but neil met my dad and i know when i tell him he'll have no doubts about it so when i was a kid probably eight nine seven eight nine ten there were there was um the beatles playing on the record player there was molly hatchet (laughs) 
There was Elton John. There was Traffic. Pink Floyd. It was every bit. My dad is it, Marvin Gaye. It was all of it. And I thought when I first got addicted to music, I thought I wanted to be a drummer. So my first instrument was a, a small drum set. Didn't we all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you were like, you just felt badass with those sticks in your hand. <laughs> so I would play. I remember like you know, I would set pillows up on the bed and I would play the like ACDC because they were just straight forward, just, you know, one, two, three, four, just straight rock. And, uh, and now, you know, I was obsessed with music like any of us that do it our whole life become. But it was so great to listen to all those different types of music. And then, you know, as I got to be a teenager, uh, Radiohead hit and Pearl Jam I was never, whoever's listening and, and loves them, I'm sorry, but I, I couldn't get into Nirvana. I tried. It just wasn't, uh, it just didn't, I don't know. Musically, it just didn't do it for me. So Radiohead was big. Pearl Jam was big. Smashing Pumpkins was big for me. So I got a guitar and I learned those songs. And then I just became addicted to coming up with chord progressions. I didn't even know really what the chords were. I just knew that they made sense together. Hmm. Did you teach yourself? Yeah, I got one lesson with uh, who's still a great friend, and I love him dearly, and uh, Ben Lacey. <laughs> ben Lacey's a bad, bad man, dude. That's a that's a bad. Can I cuss on this thing? Yeah, you are. Yeah, that is a bad motherfucker, and he yeah, ain't dude. right. He is unbelievable. I, I got one lesson from him because I went to buy my first acoustic guitar and I walked through the store and I heard this piece of music playing. I thought, where's it coming from? This is at Wilcuts. And I, I kept walking back and then I got back and Ben was sitting in the corner playing this by himself and it sounded like three or four people playing. That was the moment I became addicted to playing the guitar so i said you give lessons he was like yeah twenty dollars a half hour and i was like yeah I'm broke, but i'll figure it out <laughs> you know i don't know what i was 18 or something <laughs> anyways i got a lesson and he showed me like four chords and he showed me joe walsh a joe walsh song which i to this day love joe walsh and uh he said just just practice that and I took those chords that he showed me and that lick, and, and I just ran from there and then just became obsessed with... For, I, I didn't get into electric guitar for a long time, and Neil, you know that. I've always yeah. played an acoustic. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still... I'm, I don't think I've ever seen you with an electric in your hand. Did you play every day? So I was going to go there. So what happened was I got, like most people, to get addicted to it. Um, it had to be six hours a day. and I'd fall asleep in bed with it at night. And as stupid as it sounds, that's just, I'd have to play until I couldn't play anymore. I fell asleep with it. In 96, someone played Satellite from, you know, Dave Matthews Band. And I thought, there's no way that one person's hand can make, can play those notes. And I had to, I couldn't figure that because this was pre, this was pre-guitar. What is that? app this is pre like pre anything guitar man. Pre, tabs we barely yeah, had guitar the internet tabs. 
Yeah, we didn't we, have internet. No, in 96, I, I didn't have internet. Right, and there, there was definitely no YouTube. So, I mean, you couldn't become a master of the guitar by the searching YouTube and music theory and getting all no. the lessons you can get now. It, it's a... Uh, it's a different. It was a different. Yeah, totally you different. had to. You had to completely search it out or break it down on your own, which essentially makes you a better musician. Which is what I did. I would yeah. sit in the bed and I would listen to. I'd, I'd play it and I'd play thirty seconds and I'd go back and play and then I would just. I'd go okay. That's in A flat. That's you know. And I, I knew those by that point. And then I would. I'd just hear it and I'd go okay. Well, he's playing the, the major scale. And then I would just work through that until I got close enough. And then here was one thing that happened. And, you know, and it's unfortunate because Dave, uh, after so many years of being Dave, kind of became a cartoon of himself. Mm. But the man plays an acoustic guitar or wrote songs on an acoustic guitar like no one ever has. Yes, for sure. And he's unique, so unique in that way. But one night, I was so close to getting it, and I don't know what show he was on. It might have been Saturday Night Live or David Letterman or something, but he played it. And I was like, there it is. Because I watched his fingers and I said, "He's those two notes, those are the ones. And then when you learn those exercises, and Neil, I remember when you learned to play the stone. Like, <laughs> yeah. I remember that, man. You know, <laughs> the way he wrote songs, it was so crazy, unique. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, so all those musical experiences I had listening as a kid to all those different bands was uh, kind of tied in because that band was rock mm -hmm. there was a little pop there was funk jazz there was some soul there was jazz uh there was singer songwriter i mean it was everything and uh mm -hmm. and for some reason i just could pick up on those songs uh because i learned to play a few of those different songs and kind of saw where his mind worked on the fretboard and the way he ran his fingers and then i just was able to just kind of pick that up but and then uh, now I'm into just like singer-songwriter stuff, like uh, David Ramirez. Have you heard of David mm -hmm. Ramirez? No, Amazing singer-songwriter. Unbelievable voice. Jason Isbell. Amazing. Van Morrison. I know, Neil, you love Van. Mm -hmm. I'm into that kind of stuff now more than big bands or, you know, rock or whatever. But I'm mid-40s now, too. So Yeah, there's so, I mean, man, there the the thing that was uh i think mind blowing about you know Dave Matthews band and the funny the, it's funny when you, when you when something kind of blows your mind when you were young you kind of get almost defined to where people think that that's what you do like i people still think and i guarantee you people are like you know Dave Matthews band i know you love them and you're like i haven't listened to Dave Matthews in 15 years right and and it's not bad and but like you said it was so different. And once you saw what he was doing on a fretboard, you could do most of the stuff that he was doing because it was, you, what he did was did something that was completely different. It, it, you're not, nobody played the guitar like that because nobody played the positionings that he played with the open right. chords and the, you know, the you're essentially, and the muting yeah, because you're essentially playing, you know, sounds like the first four minute mile, man. It is. It it it, it yeah. was. It was like okay. That's just. It opened a different door, especially yeah. with an acoustic instrument, to be able to play things. And the one thing that that he did, and Chris, that I think that you do, and I know that it's probably 
if I have an, a gift with playing an instrument, it's probably mm-hmm. my gift is when I play an acoustic guitar, I can make it sound like a drum. Um, and I Man, think that he you has get, that. You just, you, you went right to it. I, and I'm not going to cut you off. Put a pin in that because that's exactly what I was going to get at. He said that w- when you play an acoustic, you have to think of it as a percussive instrument. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. it. it yeah. Is, an acoustic is a percussive instrument. And, you know, the better the better acoustic, the, the more you can bang on it and the, and the better it sounds. Yeah. It's essentially a drum with strings. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Which is way better than a snare with strings, which is called a <laughs> banjo. <laughs> Hey, I got one of them too. I'm messing with right now. I like it, <laughs> but only if like a few people play it. <laughs> Chris, were no, you I'm, in I'm any? Totally joking. Totally were joking. you in any bands before you got to UK? I did my first. I, so the first thing I did solo was open mic night at Western, and I would go do that a few times. And then I got in with a uh, a few people that were in a band. They were actually a big band, and they just were sweet and kind and I actually would travel with them and do road work for them. But we would, uh, every once in a while, they would let me come up on stage and play with them. They, the radioactive flowers. Radioactive oh, flowers. Name. Yeah. High times magazine had them in top 10 bands. Really? Yeah. They were amazing. They had two female singers. One, uh, Kathy played the, the guitar and sang, and then Marcy sang, but she also played the flute. It was like, uh, <laughs> It literally, Radioactive Flowers were like um, uh, Indigo Girls meets Grateful Dead. All right. <laughs> That's like how they it. were. They were badass, man. That's and awesome. I, and because I would go to Baker Street Cafe and play on my own, I kind of got sucked in with those guys and girls. And we would do, they would let me travel with them. And then I'd come up and play a song or two on a different thing. And then, then that just wets your whistle, you know? Mm-hmm. No, so really, I didn't have a band until, uh, you know, Voodoo. Huh. Did that start in college, or was it pre-college, or how did Voodoo come together? Because, Neil, you didn't come in. No, there there were some lineup changes, right? There's yes. Great story. So take us to the beginning of Voodoo. All right, so I went to a party one night in Richmond, and I saw these twins. One was playing keyboards, and one was playing bass, and the drummer happened to be... A, uh, a classmate of mine in high school and he introduced me to them and I was like, you guys are great. This is this is good stuff what you're doing. This is a college band, you know. This is a college party. Cover band? And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, cover music. Yeah, cover music. And um, I ran into those two guys like a year and a half later. And I said, man, I remember you all from that party, and, and we exchanged numbers. Well, I got on a Greyhound bus and moved to Utah for shits and giggles. <laughs> I had no children. I was 20, what, three or something. And a Greyhound ticket to go to Utah and back was like $122. It should have only cost a 12 bucks because it was awful. <laughs> But it, it, you know, you can't beat that. It was on there for three days. So I come back. This is a true story, Brad. I came back, and there was a guy on the bus with me coming back, getting off in Lexington. He had a saxophone, and he was this real hippie guy. And I said, "Where are you coming from?" And he was like, "I don't know." I was like, "Do you have a place to live?" And he was like, "I know someone here, but I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find them." <laughs> <laughs> this was Sam, Neil. This was uh-huh. like three. 
So I get his phone number and I go back and I find Kyle and Steve's phone number. And then I get the four of us together. And they said, we met a drummer that works at a CD store in the mall. And they happened to find his phone number in a drawer or something that they lost. And then we all connected and we had uh, a female singer that lasted a couple months. And um, then we got another guy, Kyle, that, that was a really great guy. And, and I think he wanted to do some different things. He was going, he, he was more into like Nirvana. So the guy, and I think Neil, I think V knew you, right, Neil? Yeah, I, I knew V through, through, toy. Uh, through toy and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the sax player on the Greyhound bus, you never heard him play? You just saw he had a saxophone? No, so I had a sax. And I'll tell you what, it's crazy, man. When we went to practice the first time, because he was like, I don't have anywhere to stay. I don't have anything to do. I'm looking for this one person here, but here I am in Lex, Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is the kind of shit that happens when you're 22 years old. So... Y'all had a group of amazing musicians, though. I mean, everyone was really yeah, man. Well, v was a top musically of his, talented. Was, yeah, V was an incredible drummer from the beginning, and Sam the sax, and he played just soul. He, you know, I don't know how trained he was. You know how technically trained he was. I mean, I don't know if he took classes or not. He just played from the soul, and he. So, what is a saxophone song on Quickie? Which one is that? Well, Sam, Sam well, hold on. That. So that's okay. like, so Sam, okay. so Sam was like, Hey man, you know, the hippie he was, he was like, I'm leaving the state. I was like, where are you going? He's like, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of guy. You're like, all right, we love you. Have fun. So he left. And then I don't remember where Rudy, like V knew someone, I think that knew Rudy. Oh yeah, because of the uh, the music program at University of Kentucky. Yeah, I was gonna say I had something. Yeah, that's cool. where it fell at. So, so then Rudy V came was in, in the music like, program, right? Yes. Yeah, he was in the drum line for UK, and so he knew Rudy through that through the jazz. Was it? I think Neil was it the jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jazz band, or whatever. So Rudy comes and blows us away. And then we get Neil, and then the next thing you know, and this is one of my funnest favorite stories of voodoo. <laughs> We had this guy that worked at the bar with me at Two Keys, where where we played what Neil what twice a month or something. Sure, uh, they uh, yeah as many times as we wanted to really at Neil, that point because it was insane. Neil, we had a twelve hundred dollar guarantee every time we played. You realize how rare that is? Uh, no, yeah, it's insane. You can't get that now for no, sure. No, you can't get that now. And then we had an eleven hundred dollar guarantee. What used to be A one A. Every time we play, then you can't get that now. And so, so this guy that worked with us, uh, Brian, I think his name was Brian. I can't remember. He was like, "I'll manage you all." Yeah, you guys are. You guys got something going. This is good. I mean, I was like, "All right, great. This sounds cool." Because just wanted. So I just thought it'd be great to have someone that could make the phone calls and yeah, do all that. So we could just write music and play music. <laughs> so our first show, and you know, this might have been right before we got you. Mm-hmm. I think it was right before we got you. This was when we first started. I think we started at 10 o'clock and there was people at the stage and it was elbows all the way back to the back door, down the ramp, out the street. And that guy that wanted to be our manager came to work the next day and he was like, I think you all don't need me. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're good to go. (laughs) So then um, 
But then when Neil came along, man, the 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 uh, and because Kyle was a great guy, and Kyle had great lyrics and songs. But then Neil brought that extra, yeah, man, he just brought that extra flavor. That's what it was, a flavor. And then then what? Like I said, Neil, we could play two keys twice a month, and it it was what from stage to back door. I mean, it was just it was crazy out the door. Uh, wait, it was insane. The picture on the CD is that at two keys? Yeah, because they're yeah, shoulder yeah. To, shoulder that's, to shoulder there. That's every time we played at two keys. Yeah, so you know, y'all were uh, Lexington shoulder rock stars. We were definitely Lexington rock stars. So then, <laughs> so then, so then, remember playing Rough Arena? Yep, I do. <laughs> I have that on VHS, my friend. Do you really? <laughs> yes. I've just got to figure out how to make a copy of it. Nah, you just keep it in that VHS, man. So let's hear about it. it. <laughs> well, it was the Thoroughblades, which was a, a you know it was a professional hockey team here in Lexington. It was their grand open. It was their opening season game. Is that what it was? I don't remember if it was the opening season game or not. But the thing was, it was packed because they did some type of promotion for a Backstreet Boy giveaway or something oh. crazy. There was so ten grand. There was ten thousand. Ten thousand people were there, and we played. Yeah. So you had some boy boy band fans there to. To hear some oh, man, jam I'm band, sure it was all kinds of kids. But I think it, it was, was it was like a combination of opening day and and all the other things that with that. Yeah, it was insane. It was crazy. It was yeah, insane. We but how fun, Neil! Remember how fun that was to walk in through the bay doors, like yeah, <laughs> like for something. You we never, you know, most people don't get that access, and you walk through and you go, "Are we really doing this?" And you feel like, weird, dude. and you're like, "This is crazy." This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we I did mean, what five songs. We did a decent little chunk of songs. Yeah, it was, what, like 20 six, minutes or so, 20? Yeah, five, six songs. It was, it was but a we decent did little the, set. You can't always get what you want. And, you know, it was fun. So yeah, then, can, man, it just, that's, yeah, I don't know where I went. I'm in my third glass of bourbon, so who knows where that went. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. I know is that we, we had, you know, to be in your early 20s and to be with uh, all these guys. And, and, and I, I told Neil this not too long ago. We took chances on stage, mm. and I know Neil's re- Neil remembers this. We took chances. Uh, you know, Steve might look at me and go, "Go to A minor," and they're like, "What?" Huh? And then you go, <laughs> "Okay," and then everybody follows, and you just listen. It's like it's like a you know a jazz band. You just you speak that language, man. And we would take those chances. And I remember telling you just a couple of weeks ago on the phone, it was there were some times I was like, "This go off the rails," but if it does. Oh, dude. Who cares? I, and when you're talking about it, I'm remembering like some of the stuff we would do with the hits. Like, all right, hit on three. And, you know, like, yeah. all right, one and four. And then <laughs> yeah. everybody would, yeah. yeah. I mean, just dumb, yeah. dumb stuff, but we were so. But we were tight. tight. We practiced we a lot could, and we, we listened to each other and we felt it. We were always on the same page. Everybody heard what he, everybody else was doing. It didn't yes, matter how loud sure. it was. You paid attention, even if yeah. you didn't realize what you were doing. And that that just shows, I think, more than anything, the the level of musicianship that was always on that stage. It, it, it didn't, even with the rotation of musicians, I think that that was pretty something that that was a through line. When you got you know, Steve yeah. and you got V and you had there's Kyle, a, yeah, uh, core. You, everything else is. If you mess up, you're going to stand out. So don't mess yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> so you don't want to well, mess can, up. That's right. Who, who was the bass? 
Steve. Oh, Morgan. Steve. Yeah. So I listened to Quickie today, and you know, yeah. at first, I mean, you can tell you guys are heavily influenced by like the jam band mm-hmm. era, yeah. you know, and but the late nineties, early two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the know, other thing that stands out, like you said, the just the musicianship and and. You know, and then the other thing that stands out is just the drums are unbelievable. If you just oh. listen to just the drums, but the drums Beam. and the bass, man, you guys had such an anchor there. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, everybody else, you know, I mean, it's just, it's uh, you just add fit. color. You just yeah, add every, color. Everything fit. But everything was tight, like you said. It would have been, you know, uh, we've talked about we've talked about it quite a bit because what what ended up happening with Voodoo, and I think we've talked about it before, is is we uh, I came back to Louisville and then it just kind of everything changed and I think that's what happens in life you know you move on you get married and you have kids and and things change right. and and but it would have been very very interesting to see what would have happened with not not how big or famous with what we would have done as songwriters and musicians together you know what that's perfectly put man put the fame aside put the music put the uh, credibility aside what about quality? What would have mm-hmm. come of the songwriting quality? Yeah. But we also talked about how how needed all that transition was for my songwriting to kind of get kicked into a different level. Would I have figured that out without it? Would I have been able to... Uh, or if you're together, you know, you have people's uh, influence that, that like Kyle who would say this and that or Steve that would have such lyric... Uh, or, or, or melodic driven so who knows it's so interesting to think it is very who, kn- who is. knows what? and who knows you're right because when you have six people we had six people in the band that six. it was hard to get six people together and then when you, you did you had six know. opinions yeah and you're trying to flesh it out you know so it I've, although through the years we did do a great job of fleshing that stuff out musically writing those songs I have to go back to this, Brad, because you brought up V, and 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 Neil's going to know. I'm laughing at your dog right now. Hey, I think your dog needs to pee or something. (laughs) Is he popping up that bad? Well, let me get off the music for a second. Let y'all know this: that we have a standard poodle that's four years old that's not fixed. Bowser, my dog, who's a uh, rot black lab mix, they've they are they're flirting a lot. And she'll lick Bowser's ears, and then she'll back it up to him, and he's like, "All right, I'll give it a go." But he's fixed, so he's like, "I don't know." Oh what yeah, what am I doing here? I, I can hear we can, we can hear that dog as loud as you. I'm so sorry. When V, one night we were doing "Let Let Me Breathe," great lyrically, man. Uh, Neil, uh, it's on Quickie. Yeah. yeah, great song. We were doing that live. The chorus is in four, four, like standard, just four, yeah. four. V goes into playing the drums in six, eight while we played into four, four. And then we go to six, eight as a band and V switches into four, four. <laughs> and I mean, I had so many cold chills running through my body because it was just like, how did we do it? How did we know to do it? Where did everybody, we just looked and listened and it just, it was amazing. And then, you know, only rhythmic geeks or music geeks are going to get that, but it's really, man, it was just bizarre that V could keep that tempo in six, eight while we're doing the chord changes in four. And then for us to switch to six, eight in this, I think it was like a six chord progression. 
and then V go into four four, and then at the end we lock in and go all back into four four. Man, that you 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 just I mean stuff like that happened with us all the time, and it was so much fun. Let, let's listen to some Voodoo Symphony. All right, you want to start it. with Let Me Breathe? Do hey, it. do it and let me go get a bourbon. Hey, <laughs> give that dog a bourbon too. I think we did that live only. The six eight. Yeah, the, like when V would play the drums in six eight timing, and then we we would play in four in four, and then uh -huh. we would switch to six eight. I don't think we did that in no, the studio. For no, the no, album. it was straight in the studio. Uh, even the little instrumental jam we had right in the middle of the the EP was cool. Oh, it was fun. I would. It would be cool to know what would have happened with the songwriting. The more than anything, mm -hmm. where where that would have evolved sure. because I think that. It was probably not much longer than that before I was kind of done with the jam bandy, Dave Matthews. I think we all were evolving as musicians. Mm -hmm. and so what was the jam tune? Well, Pinky Thing yeah. was, was uh, super duper Pinky jammy. Pinky was big, yeah. But Pinky, Pinky Thing was huge, and Pinky Thing was Pinky written by Kyle Thing. Knapp, too. Well, he wrote the lyrics on that. Remember, um, mm -hmm. remember MP3 website was a big deal? What was it called, mp3.com? Talking about Napster? No. It was Napster-esque, but it was called mp3.com, and people were putting, yeah. So Pinky Thing had a pretty, a lot of downloads on that. That was a, because someone wrote on a blog, it sounds like Breakfast at Tiffany's, but it, it won't hurt them. I remember that. And I was like, all right, I'll take that. Because <laughs> that was a big radio hit, so I was like, I'll take that. Well, okay. Let's listen to a little bit of Pinky Thing then. So this one was written by who? Kyle Knapp wrote the lyrics, and did you write the guitar part on this? I wrote the music, yeah. You wrote the music. All right, pinky thing.
if you bottle that song, the label would be Evan McCain and 98. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it had such a late 90s feel and sound. And then it's because when you're writing music in that era that you're in, you're, you know, I don't think it's intentional, but I think you are right. You, you are mimicking what you listen to. And you don't mean to. It's, Neil, it I just happens. Neil, I don't know if your voice has just matured in the last 20 years or if it's oh, actually yeah. deeper. I don't know, I, man. I know it has, yeah. I, I, I listen to that and go, woo, I, I wish we could redo some of that. I, you know, what I remember is that was the first time I was ever in a studio, and I didn't, I just felt the pressure of time and making it. Isn't it weird? It's so weird. Where did you record? That was with, uh, what was the guy's Phil. name? Phil. It was on the old drag strip going between Lexington and Nicholasville. Yeah, he was a great dude. He's a good dude. He's a good. Dude. He so is. was downtown. Is that the saxophone tune? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Downtown. That's a cool. Just instrumental. We just. That's I think we all wanted to just play some chords and write this little piece. You know and, what? How about yeah. this, man? Can this be uh, the? Maybe we make downtown the the top hill recording podcast the intro. intro? Let's can listen to it. it. Can let's you play it so I can hear just I can hear yeah. it faintly, but at least I want to hear it a little here bit. Here we go. Yeah, here it is. All right, let's do it. We're gonna start. That's gonna be our new All intro, right. man. We're Damn. stealing I love that. It. I love top that. recording great. podcast intro. Yeah. Oh, that's killer, dude! Now we don't have to do anything either. That's cool. I love <laughs> it. So now, Neil, you you know, going on, not to cut us way forward, but you're still doing the thing in Louisville and been watching videos, and you're still you're still doing it so good. It's it was hard to. I was like, "Damn it, he's still so good." I'm not really doing anything, man. So don't, don't, uh, you know, I appreciate. Well, maybe you're not during COVID, but you were prior. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I can't help but uh, write songs, and and Brad being down here with a recording and a studio and ready to to work and and do all this stuff, it makes it real, real easy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's it, and it, it's been kind of like a kick in the butt and inspiration too because it's got me excited to do some other stuff and even break out some old stuff and man there's just i don't know how many songs i got well we're considering right. our next podcast chris we're considering uh talk, doing a little talk about a little podcast about the last three or four songs we've yeah. recorded of neil's oh that'd be great yeah just kind of the process uh because it kind of uh you know it ran parallel to getting this studio built and mm. Oh, that's get, getting cool. Getting things underway, underway, so it'd be yeah. A, that's great. Be a cool little story. <laughs> I sent him this this thing on I saw on Twitter today, and it said Billy Jean was re-edited ninety one times, and they took the second edit. <laughs> we oh, wait, we wait, done, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, let me pause you. Is that a true story? True story. I assume. I don't know, man. It's on edited the internet. It's got to be true, right? Ninety one times. They took the second take. 
because you tell me the engineer didn't leave that room and shoot himself in the head. Well, I mean, and what's funny, you know, is that was retweeted like four thousand times, so, so everybody can relate to that desire like, to want to keep crazy. remixing. Crazy, <laughs> you know, you can do that though, and you can. You think can, that, yeah. We talked about that not too long ago. We we would sit in here with Neil's song, and you know, it's easy to get it to ninety percent, ninety eight percent finished, and then we would sit in here and just pick every detail apart until finally we're like we're just being stupid it's ready yeah Yeah, there's a certain point where you get exhausted and then you i think you start losing your initial emotional response to it Mm. but it it just you you become numb to what the song used to be it's like okay it is a it's a product now not only not like really a product but you you focus so hard on every note and every Everything that you you really just so focus on all the negative. You go, well, what it, does it sound? Well, what about this? This yeah. sounds better, doesn't it? Human well, man, nature comes out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and this is not not trying to sound cliche, but Rolling Stones let it bleed, like let it bleed, like let it, it was bleed. imperfect made it perfect. Yeah, I told uh, I told Brad yesterday. I said, dude, the, the one thing I really want to do is just come in here and close the door, and you on one side, me on the other. And just let me record everything I've ever got because I really don't know what I've got, and not touch it, not not go double take guitars and double track oh, right. vocals just, and put just, a background vocal. No. Oh, you mean like Robert Johnson's first recording style? That's just it. Get in there with a the guitar and just do it, strip down and just That's record it. them. Boom. An acoustic r- version of of everything and I've ever everything you got. That's it. Yep. Yeah. I, that's I may, a, man, come on. If you if you live that close to each other and you, it's why not do that? I appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, what do yeah. you <laughs> 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 like Brad here, listen to what Chris is saying? Well, I'm getting ready to have I think quite that's a bit awesome of extra time. because you know that's yeah. essentially what like we gotta talk about that? Back then that's what they did, man. They went in, they did one, two takes, and that was it. That's it. Hey, when, when's this one? When's this podcast? That was rock and roll, man. That that was it. When, this this when, podcast will be released on August twenty eighth. Oh, so so you'll have a lot of extra time uh, right after this one. Yeah, my uh-huh. last my last day is the thirty first. Oh, oh last day for what? Yeah, I'm retiring effective oh. September first. Retiring from? I missed it. Sorry. <laughs> I work for uh, Jefferson County Public Schools. So oh, this is, so you're retiring? So, no, well, congratulations, man. Yeah, yeah, this is kind you. of a big announcement, man. Nobody's really uh, cool. keen in on this. This hasn't been <laughs> talked about on a microphone. It's no, kind of it just hasn't. been behind the scenes for a few months. So it's That's great. It's exciting. Yeah, so, so yeah, This will come out right at retirement time. And then oh. I'm going to go to North Dakota and spend a few weeks with my son and then come back. Oh, that's I, great. I guess from that point, just do whatever the hell I want to do. Well, I mean, <sighs> whatever you want to do. Yeah. Man, you want to pick up a little part-time something, just keep you busy during the day? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. he's got if it right here. lay in bed and watch Netflix for the first four months of it, you hey, can do he, too. He's now a studio engineer and producer. What are you talking about? That's his, that's his uh, <laughs> part-time job. Hey, <laughs> so not, here, not, hey, not an intentional callback, but if you got to watch Longmire... <laughs> that's five weeks of something to do right there well, we better wrap this up man Chris, all right man been fun. i love it i was thinking my favorite track on quickie is is tied to the tracks so i was wanting to go oh, out of that. right that's yeah. so much fun man yeah 
I have to. This is so fun. I want to. I came up with one thing on the guitar, and then Kyle came up with one thing on the keyboard, and Stevie goes, "I got this thing," and I went, "And that's kind of how, isn't this? It's kind of how we do it. They all together, huh? Weird. Yeah. yeah. It was just one of those things where we all just went." Can we make each other smile with these parts <laughs> together? And it worked. Yeah. And, and do you Did, think the band would mind if uh, so? So we're going to use downtown for our intro, and I'd like to do a little. Oh, I'd like no. to do a little uh, bonus episode. It. I'd like to do a bonus episode of the entire EP. Ooh, wow, yeah. oh, that'd be great, man. Okay. It's not on Spotify yeah. or anything, so nobody can even get access to it. Okay, no. so we'll put it. We'll it put it out free as free internet music. Dude, right. we're going to put out a Voodoo Symphony quickie extra episode yeah <laughs> well we can do it and you know i mean there's i have the disc i mean we can make it digital i've we got the disc yeah. we could put it we could do it we could do it yeah all right so you're telling me we're gonna go out with tied to the tracks yeah, yeah we're gonna go out with tied to the tracks mm. thanks for being on tonight chris it's all been right fun guys talking to you hearing about voodoo love it we'll have to get all love the guys it. on definitely Absolutely. soon once all Thank this stuff's all. uh done we'll get you in town you guys can yeah. hang. It'd be a good time. It would be great to do one where we could play live together. Uh, well, guess what? That's the second part of the retirement plan. We've got a streaming platform downstairs that we're getting ready to start. Uh, we're going to talk about after we well, take off do, here. So, well, yeah. and in the fall, we're supposed to have a uh, Top mm. Hill field party somewhere. Yep, my house. Your house. At the uh, field. All right. You know, you said your house on this podcast several times that's so. it's where it's gonna be man <laughs> okay i like having my bathroom oh close. i love it <laughs> i will definitely Brad, report it thank you man <laughs> yes all right top we'll see you love guys you, next week i love you buddy thank you chris all right let's listen to some time to the track let's listen
Magic.